Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. My guest this week is nobody. It's just me riding solo, going to hear a stream of consciousness about the new king, King Charles. I'm going to be talking about that. Plus, there is a anti-vax movement that has sadly gone under. It's about to declare bankruptcy. We're going to unpack that in there. Bizarre play for funds that they've just put out on the internet. And of course, we have to talk about Donald Trump being found liable for sexual assault, proving that uh, it's former presidents that are more dangerous to women in bathrooms than it is transgender people. Before we get into all of that, I've got shows in Darwin and uh, then we're off to Brisbane. Brisbane's pretty much sold out. Uh, it's still tickets left for Gold Coast on 3rd of June. And also tickets left for Darwin if you're around. Then I'm off to the UK, London and Edinburgh. Head to my website, michaelschafer.com for details. We're going to get into the show, but first, here's the best goddamn intro music in the business that we have to play because I think I spent like $150 to get it made. So let's get our money's worth. That's one small podcast. 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 Welcome back to the show. We have got a new king. It's uh, exciting stuff. We've got King Charles now. Charles the Third. I watched the coronation, and what I have decided that I love about the Royals is how much they did not give a shit about public sentiment when they had this coronation because the world, particularly people struggling in the UK, is suffering from a cost of living crisis. People are struggling to afford petrol to put in their cars. They can't buy food at the supermarket, they can't stay warm during the winter. And the royals have gone, sorry to hear that, here's a fucking golden carriage to take me 100 metres down the road to my palace. I mean, for a group of people that are so obsessed with optics and so obsessed with how the media sees them and crafting these perfect, wholesome images and trying to stamped down every time there's a sense of a scandal or something. For a group of people that are so obsessed with looking good in the public eye, I kind of found this refreshingly honest. Because for once they just said, fuck it, we're really rich. Uh, All of our money is stolen into generational wealth from countries that we now embarrass and dominate over in the Commonwealth Games. We don't care. We're just going to show off our wealth. Here's a king with a crown that has 1,800 diamonds taken from Sierra Leone that cost the lives of scores of children. The, the amount of brutality and human suffering that went into making the, that crown, it's impossible to imagine but he despite all of that Charles decided to pop that crown on his head during a cost of living crisis a crown that's worth a few million bucks 
pops on his head for just a few minutes. A couple of gold scepters, walks around in a robe. An outfit that would surely be worth more than the GDP of most African countries that the British have pillaged and colonised over the centuries. Doesn't give a fuck. I'm rich. I'm here. I'm your king. Bow down, you piece of shit. I, I respect the honesty of it all. Because I, I, I get annoyed when people are like, oh, the royals you know, aren't in touch with the common man. I mean, look at Kate and, and William and look how much they relate to the common man, to the peasants, that they're clearly better than them. Look at, look at how they relate to them. No, I don't want that from the royals. I want honesty from the royals. I want the royals to be like, no, we're rich, finders keepers. We found all this stuff fair and square. It's ours. We took it. It's ours now. We're very rich. I'm your king. Bow down. I, I respect the amount of... That's fuck you money. That's what that is. People talk about having fuck you money. That's the royals saying fuck you to a billion people tuning in to watch. Not only that, but King Charles even uh, requested that people during the ceremony whilst they were watching stand up and give the oath of allegiance from their living rooms. And what I think is, what I love about that is it just shows how Western civilization is completely full of itself. Because whenever we see footage of Kim Jong-un riding down the streets of Pyongyang on top of a nuclear missile just riding it like a horseback rider on top of a nuclear missile that has a uranium warhead in the tip aimed at the United States as hundreds of thousands of North Koreans salute and bow and chant. Whenever we see that footage on our news, we go, oh, look at how backward they are in North Korea. They've turned this dictator, this authoritarian, into a demagogue. And we, we look down upon them as if they are somehow backward and inferior. And then we change the channel and we stand up and say, I pledge my oath to King Charles III, my saviour, my lord, God bless the king. I mean, the amount of cognitive dissonance that we are capable of to mock North Korea's uh, infatuation with Kim Jong-un and then to lo look at the royals wearing uh, diamonds and gold riding through the streets of London in a golden carriage while people are starving on the streets. It's beautiful. It's beautiful that we're capable of doing that. It's a real insight into the human condition that we're capable of these incredible degrees of self-delusion. I mean, we think that we live in a society that's free, but then in London, the people who were chanting, not my king on the streets, they were just chanting, not my king. They're not going out and storming the capital. They're just chanting, not my king. Police officers are arresting them for causing public nuisance or inciting violence. And we think North Korea is backward. Sure, they might be eating rats in North Korea. Sure, that is a thing that does happen. 
But if you've seen what they're eating in the UK, I mean, they're putting beans on toast. My point is, we th- always think we're culturally superior in the Western world, but here we are just as ridiculous, arguably even more ridiculous than what we say on TV when they show us the news of North Korea's most recent military parade. Of course, there was a lot of uh, controversy around the coronation. Of course, no, no controversy around the ridiculous display of wealth. The real controversy was that Meghan Markle did not turn up to the coronation, which I think is disgusting. It's appalling that she wouldn't fly across the world to hang out with her in-laws who despise her and who she also despises. Of course, she's not going to turn up. What I think is the most ridiculous thing is that she had to come up with an excuse for why she wasn't there. She had to come up with some bullshit excuse. She said, oh, it's my son's, my son's birthday. And, you know, I can't, I can't miss his birthday. So I'm going to stay at home with my son. Harry's going to go represent the two of us. What a bullet he took for the team, by the way. Harry's going to go represent the two of us. I'm going to stay home with my son. Why not just be honest? Because no one is buying that. No one believes that Meghan Markle was dying to go, but couldn't because it was her son's two-year-old. It was her two-year-old son's birthday. I mean, the kid's not even... You're two, the kid's two years old. They're not forming memories yet. There's no point in doing anything for a child before they're forming memories because it's not like you're getting any credit for it. It's not like her son's ever going to be like, oh, mummy, thank you so much for that time you uh, spent my second birthday with me instead of going out and hanging out with your your racist in-laws. Thank you so much for that sacrifice. Of course not. He's two years old. Who gives a shit? Do whatever you want. My point is she's come out and just made up this ridiculous excuse that no one's going to believe that she had to stay home to spend time with her two-year-old on his birthday when we all know she just obviously didn't want to go because these are the same people that were concerned about the skin colour of the two-year-old. So she's not going to go. Why not just be honest? Uh, what's, what is left for her to hide here? We all know her thoughts on the royal family. She should have just released a statement and said, like the RSVP for her should have just been, uh, fuck you. That, that should be, when you get the RSVP to the coronation, there should be three options. Um, yes, I will a- attend enthusiastically. Uh, no, I will not attend enthusiastically uh, and then just go fuck yourselves, you racist lizard cunts. That's, that should be the three options and she just has to tick the third one just for her. Why lie about it, Megan? Just be honest. You've been honest. Maybe it's because she gets paid by Netflix millions of dollars to dish the goss. And she therefore needs to, uh, you know, play nice publicly and then sell the story privately to Netflix. That would actually make a lot of business sense. And if that's the case, Megan, I bl- I think that's impressive, clever business now. Well done. Of course, that was a big controversy. Everyone's like, oh no, Megan's not there. Oh, what a statement that is. Uh, do you know what the big controversy was? Uh, Prince Andrew was there. I like, dressed up in the royal garments and everything as if 
nothing has happened in the past few years. As if we're all just forgetting that he was on Epstein's Island for most of his adult life. Is that what we're doing now? Everyone's like, oh, Megan, can't believe she didn't attend. But it's so good to see the pedophile dressed up in the robes. How terrifying for all those altar boys. These altar boys, they're probably thinking, well, I mean, sure, I've had my fair share of brushings with sex offenders over my years as an altar boy. But surely, on the biggest stage of all, surely I'll be safe. And then they look up and go, oh, no. It's the pedophile, Prince Andrew here. Terrifying day for the altar boys. No one's talking about them. Good to see Andrew there, though. It's good to see that um, a man who uh, we all, who cost his family. I've got to say this. Prince Andrew cost his family 12 million pounds because they had to pay a settlement to a woman who accused him of, of rape. And despite that, he still gets invited to stuff. Which is a real kind of credit to the royal family when you think about it. It means the royals are willing to forgive. They won't disown one of their own sex offenders or one of their own pedophiles. I think that is something that, you know, more families could do. You know, so many... T- I mean, I, I just watched the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix series... And in that series, it shows how Jeffrey Dahmer, despite being a, a serial killer and cannibal, his father still loved him and still cared about him and still cared about what happened to him. And I guess my point is, I just think the royal family and the Dahmers have a lot in common in that they both care for their own and love their own children. And also, they probably uh, prey on human flesh. Those, I think, are the two things that they have in common. And I just think that at least one of those things is something that, that we could celebrate in our own lives. Of course, I think the real big winner out of the whole coronation, it's got to be Camilla, right? I mean, think about Camilla, Camilla's life. So in the 90s, you know, she's in love with Charles. She's attracted to him. Hard to know why, but she is attracted to him and... She's carrying on an affair with him. However, however, there's a big problem because he is married to Diana. And she's carrying on an affair with him. So she's the side chick. She's the mistress. And look, as much as mistresses hope to one day become the number one woman in their man's life, It's rare. You rarely pull that off. But to her credit, she stuck with it. She persisted. And I think a lot of women can take hope and optimism from her story. So if you're a woman right now, you're listening, and you're thinking, I'm I'm dating a, a guy who I love and who I want to spend the rest of my life with. However, he is in a marriage of convenience to another woman. And I can't seem to get rid of her and become the number one woman in, in his life. If you're 
worried about that. Well, look to Camilla. All you have to do is, in the dead of night, go to this other woman's car in the dead of night and just make sure, look around over your shoulder, make sure no one's watching and you get like a little, um, like almost like a paperclip and you just put it in like the keyhole of the car, you jiggle it around a bit and the car door will, will spring open. Don't worry if the car alarm goes off because no one hears a car alarm and thinks, oh, I better go attend to that emergency. No one's going to worry about a car alarm going off. It's fine. If anything, when a car alarm goes off, people just assume everything's fine. If a car alarm is not going off, that's when you know there's like murder happening. My point is, you open the door, car alarm goes off, just wait 30 seconds, it'll stop by itself. And then what you want to do is you want to like crouch down, hopefully with like a torch between your mouth, and you want to find the brake pedals. And and what you want to do is you want to cut them. So you want to cut the brakes on this other woman's car. And then you, you close the door and you turn off the torch and you walk away and leave no trace of, of evidence behind. And then you wait. And then you wait. And eventually, this other woman is going to be driving in a tunnel in Paris one evening after dinner. And the brakes aren't going to work and you're going to be the number one woman in about 20 years from then. That's the, you got to play the long game. You got All you need is perseverance and a bit of mechanical knowledge about brake pads. But other than that, you can become the number one woman. So congratulations to Camilla. She played the long game. She played it well. And now she's the queen, literally the queen. She went from being the side chick to being the queen. It's one of... The greatest, I'm not going to say rags to riches story because she was always rich, but it's one of the greatest rich to more rich stories you'll ever hear about. It's kind of like Elon Musk, he started out rich. He had an emerald mine that his father gave to him in South Africa. Perhaps some of these emeralds were featured on the crowns of the royals. We can only guess. He had this animal mine, you know, a bit of apartheid, a bit of human rights abuses. Next thing you know, he is the richest man in the world. A real riches to very rich story, much like Camilla, rich to very rich story. I think that we can all uh, respect that, her perseverance. I'm just saying, if you're out there you're in, you're, and you love this and you love this man, but he's stuck with this woman who... He doesn't really love, but he was forced into it due to social and political reasons. Just saying, all you have to do, cut the brakes and wait. A couple of decades, people forget, and then you're the number one. That's how it's done. Moving on, because it's sad news for the anti-vax community. Um, It seems that... One of the primary anti-vax movements in Australia is going under, and that's kind of it's kind of depressing to see. It's when you see, you know, a small business going under in Australia, you know that times are tough. You know, the cost of living crisis is hurting everyone, including anti-vaxxers. Because reading this article, this is the headline from News.com: 
Reignite Democracy Australia founder Monica Smith calls for her for donations as bankruptcy looms. I have noticed that all of these anti-vax groups uh, have similar names, like Reignite Democracy Australia and like Rise Up and Freedom Patriot Democrats. They always have the word demo- democracy in their names. I will say this. I think if you have to put the word democracy in your political movements, uh, it's, just, it's a red flag. There's a good chance you're not a democracy. I mean, again, going, I hate to labor the North Korea point, but their official title is the People's Democratic Republic of North Korea. I'm just saying I don't think that they have elections. I don't think so. But coming back to this. The article says a high-profile Aussie anti-vax group is on the verge of bankruptcy and its founder has issued a truly bonkers plea to supporters. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what is this truly bonkers plea to supporters? Well, this uh, lady, Monica, has made a video and in the video, she's asking people for donations to help her stave off bankruptcy. And this is what she says. This is the quote. You can just straight out donate or if you've got, you know, an inheritance and you're older and you don't know what you're going to do with it, why not support us? And, you know, a lot of people are being critical of that, saying, oh, my gosh, you're, you're preying on uh, people who are old and, uh, and, and dying and you want them to give you your inheritance so you can, can continue your anti-vax work. And I think that's a smart demographic of people to target here. I mean, if you're not vaxxed, you're more vulnerable to to death. So you are more likely to be thinking, oh, what do I do with my inheritance? Who do I leave it to? You know, if I get whooping cough, it could be over for me. So... I think that's just like a smart, savvy business decision. I think it though it is it is depressing to see uh, these anti-vaxxers kind of like losing support simply because um, everyone thinks they're insane and no one uh, really cares that much anymore about their cause because you know we've moved on from COVID and everything's fine and so. Really, the best thing for the anti-vax movement right now would be a new variant that requires a new strain. The best thing for... I'm not saying this would be good for the world, but for the anti-vax community, the best thing right now would be another pandemic that is much worse and requires a whole new set of vaccines that would be the best thing for them because and well some of that would be be relevant again so monica what she should be doing instead of pleading for dying people to leave the money in their inheritance which is a good idea do that do that old people are easy to trick as well so it's actually kind of clever old people are very easy to trick you know when you meet like an old person and like they're like what are you doing they're like oh i'm just clicking on this message from uh, a random number that says I owe money on my toll link even though I haven't used a toll in 15 years because I don't drive. It seems like I owe $17 but 
to uh, this corporation based in the Cayman Islands. You know what you mean, an old person and they're, they're doing that? Because they're easily scammed. They're easily tricked. Old people, via Gogo. They love via Gogo. You know, old people, they'll try to buy Billy Joel tickets and they'll Google Billy Joel tickets and then the first result is going to be via Gogo. And they go, oh, via Gogo, that sounds like a, a legitimate uh, website for purchasing real tickets. And then they click on it and they're like, oh, why is it $18,000 to purchase tickets to a Billy Joel concert. Oh, well, I guess he's doing well. He must be worth the money. And then, of course, they, they buy the tickets and all they get is a handwritten note and mailed to them that says, suck shit. So my point is that old people are easily scammed. And if you need money, you go to the elderly. You go to the elderly. This is why you always see like old men with young women because they're like, oh, I need money. I need to be taken care of. I'm trying to get into the will. Here's an old man. All I have to do is say I love him, have sex with him, you know, every now and then. And next thing you know, he kills over from a heart attack or hopefully he's not vaccinated and it's uh, polio that takes him out. And there you are, with money. My point being, old people, vulnerable, easily scammed. If you're going to get money, you target the old. So that's smart. Target the old. However, really, if you want a long-term strategy for maintaining support and money in the anti-vax industry, scamming old people isn't going to be enough. What you need is another pandemic you need another strain of covid you need something that's hopefully worse something that makes people uh you know like shit uh bats you know it's just something i mean bats is a bit on the nose my point is you just need something that's worse than covid and that requires a vaccine because then all of a sudden people are going to be like oh shit they're, they're coming for us again they're going to market trip us again you know, I managed to avoid becoming a 5G tower in the previous pandemic. And now they're mandating this new vaccine. All of a sudden, we got to give under the anti-vax groups again. My point being, Monica, maybe instead of pleading with old people for money, maybe you could eat the bat this time. And you could be the change you want to see in this world. Be patient zero. Start the next pandemic, get people back on side, make yourself relevant again, and you won't have to scam old people. Or scam old people. It's fun and easy. That's always an option. Last thing I'm going to talk about today is Donald Trump has been found liable for sexual assaults. So this is, like, I guess, a historical case of sexual assault is from the 90s we're talking almost 30 years ago an incident of uh the the victim claims that she met donald trump in a department store and then uh, he almost like lured her slash kind of like coaxed her into a change room at the department store where he sexually assaulted her and this is not a criminal case. This is a civil case. So he's been found liable 
on the preponderance of evidence, which means that the jury thought that it was more likely than not that he did commit this sexual assault. Now, that seems like a pretty easy conclusion to arrive at because he did uh, say on tape once that he grabs women by the pussy and they let you do that. So he said that on tape. He doesn't deny that he said that. He says it was him. And then a woman accuses him of doing that. So I just feel like the jury kind of got it right, I guess is my point. Juries don't always get things right, but I just think that's pretty solid evidence that they committed the crime. You know, it's like if Ivan Milat was on trial for killing, you know, backpackers and then the jury was played a tape of him on a, on a bus on Access Hollywood saying, oh yeah, I, I kill backpackers and dump them in the forest. And when you're a star, they let you do that. I, I'm just saying that's a, it's kind of a slam dunk case for the victim here. It's usually very hard to prove these types of historical examples of sexual abuse, often very difficult. But um, Trump has made it surprisingly easy they say he's the, the leader of law and order. Like, law and order for him is really big. And I think he's living up to it because he made it very easy for them to implement the law against him by admitting to the assaults that he commits against women on tape. So people say, you know, Trump is a criminal. That's true, but also he makes it easy for himself to be found guilty of his crimes and I just don't think he gets enough credit for that. Because a lot of people commit crimes and they don't admit to them on tape accidentally when they think they're not being recorded. A lot of people don't do that. See, a lot of people will commit a crime, they'll keep it to themselves. They won't tell anyone about it. Now, that's bad. Okay, So if I'm against that, I think you shouldn't do crimes. But if you are going to do a crime... And let's be honest, some of us like to do crimes. If you are going to do a crime, uh, you know, admit to it so that maybe 30 years later you can be held accountable and be forced to, you know, pay a few million dollars for, uh, for doing that thing. The reason why I find this story so fascinating is because it really hurts the conservative argument that the greatest danger that women face in bathrooms and change rooms is a transgender women. It really derails that entire argument because that whole thing is like being a woman is really hard and it's really dangerous because we all know that when you go into a, a public bathroom, um, there's going to be a transgender woman waiting for you to be silly enough to use that bathroom. They just wait there. And then when you get in there, you're, you're gone. They're going to they're gonna assault you. That's like the conservative narrative that if you ever use a public bathroom, you're going to be assaulted by a transgender person. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't... I, that's not what happens in public bathrooms. Uh, you go to a public bathroom and mostly you're just 
trying to hold your breath for as long as it takes for you to do your business and leave. It's that's never no one's ever really. I don't know anyone who's been concerned about uh, confronting a a transgender person in a bathroom. It's usually confronting uh, a massive uh, piece of shit uh, in the toilet bowl. That's usually people's concern. If only conservatives are more concerned about uh, the the smelly shits in public bathrooms, then we could improve that experience. But right now they're focused on the transgender women. My point being is that really the the big danger to women going into bathrooms and change rooms right now is Donald Trump. So he's the most dangerous person. I, I, if you're a woman and you had the choice between, hey... Um, if you said to a woman, hey, this bathroom has either going to be have a transgender woman in it or uh, former US President Donald Trump, who would you rather uh, confront you in the bathroom? I mean, I think you'd be like, yeah, I'll take the transgender woman. I'll take my chances with the transgender woman uh, as opposed to the guy who uh, is on tape talking about grabbing pussies. I'm going to go with the tran- transgender woman uh, I don't want to fight off the 45th president of the United States. So I guess my point is that I think Trump has really derailed the idea that transgender women are the greatest danger that women face in bathrooms. Really, there should just be a law that says Donald Trump needs to stay away from women's bathrooms. I think, look, if you're, you're like, because I know in like Kansas and parts of the US and even in Australia they're thinking about this they want to bring in laws that prevent transgender women from using women's bathrooms and look if you're going to do that I'm against it but if you are going to do that at least add an extra clause also Donald Trump is not allowed to go into women's change rooms because he can't be trusted he can't be trusted he can be trusted to admitting to it because he's an uh, an idiot and a, and a psychopath and a narcissist, but we can't trust him around women. That's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed listening to that series of thoughts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a nice review, tell someone about it, share it. Uh, that's the way the show grows. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please enjoy this outro music as it plays. And hopefully I'll see you on the road. Head to michaelshafer.com for tickets. Darwin, Brisbane, Gold Coast, London, Edinburgh. More shows going to be added soon. So head there and you'll get to see these thoughts articulated in more uh, set-up punchline format as opposed to a stream of consciousness. Have a good week.